Jazakallah khair to Mulasim for this impassioned uh, bayan. Uh, the next item on the uh, program is to invite Mubrahim uh, to the podium to talk about the importance of awrad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. I'm not here to give a talk. Uh, this is not a lecture, this is not a speech, it's only a uh, few thoughts that I would like to share with everyone here, inshallah. One is, as we were hearing about people coming to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and sometimes we feel that if we follow the deen properly or if we give them the right information that may turn them away from Islam so therefore many times we try to compromise with our deen and put the deen in a format or in a form in a way that we think it would be very pleasing to these people in one of the masajid I saw a big gathering where they had invited people from all around their neighborhoods and from some churches and the imam, president, the board, everyone is standing there shaking hands with everyone, women, women, everyone, mashallah. So I said to them, you know, why are you doing all of this? I said, you know, if we don't, then they would feel that Islam is a very strict religion and it's too harsh. See, these people don't even want to shake hands with women. So I said to them, just imagine now this lady becomes Muslim and tomorrow she comes to you and she, she wants to shake hands and you tell her, no, this is haram. She will tell you, why did you say shake hands yesterday? Wasn't you, wasn't you Muslim yesterday? You were Muslim yesterday too? I wasn't a Muslim, but you were a Muslim. And why did you shake hands with me yesterday if you were a Muslim? Today is haram for me. So this changing of the deen is not going to help and this reminds me, in the last week, we had three people in our town in Buffalo that alhamdulillah embraced Islam. And they have a very interesting story behind them. There is a lady that's a bus driver that brings kids to the school, a Muslim school. She accepted Islam and the reason she accepted Islam was when she looked into the masjid because there is a masjid and the school with it. So when the, she looked in the masjid, there is a separate area for sisters. And she liked this so much that subhanAllah, you have this is a deen that applies to the nature that you have a separate area for men and another area for women so that there is no distraction for men or women. And this is what brought her into this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We try to take these things away to bring people into the deen. Whereas these are the things, these are the beauties of the deen. People with true nature, they love these things that are taught to us by Allah and His Messenger The second, before I go to the second and the third person, this reminds me, some time ago when we had a, person, a lady that wanted to become Imam, and she liked Salatul Jum'ah. I don't know how many of you went for it. <laughs> someone asked me. Someone asked me why people would want to have lady as an imam. So I said to invite more brothers into masjid. <laughs> there will be larger jama'ah. 
So, when this thing happened, we had one of the hospitals in Buffalo, they organized a program in the hospital because they wanted to know what Islam is all about. Everything, every time something new comes up, Alhamdulillah, from every share there is khair. So whenever something like this comes up, people want to know more about deen. And we get the opportunity to go and teach them the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now in the hospital, they gathered all the faculty of the hospital, doctors and nurses and workers and everyone of, of all different fields. And they gathered them in one place and they asked us to go and talk to them about Islam. So alhamdulillah, I went and I introduced Islam to them. Finally, one of the ladies over there asked this question that what is going on with that lady leading the prayer and all the Muslims are upset about it. Why Islam doesn't allow women to lead? So I said to her, Islam is very particular about women's privacy and does not want to expose anything about anyone's privacy and especially a lot of respect for women in Islam. In fact, if we look, uh, if we look at all the rules of Islam regarding women, you would see that they are all based on respect. Islam, the order of Islam is that you perform salah when you are clean. In the period when a woman is not clean, she would not be offering prayer. If we make her imam in the masjid, there would be a day when the imam sahiba is not there. So people will ask each other, where is the imam? And they will say, you know, And here goes her secret. So Islam to respect her said no, don't become imam. We will not allow you to become imam because everyone will know about your situation, things that people are not supposed to know about you. This thing really was so applicable to her that then one of the doctors told me that she's really ready to accept Islam. So these rules of Islam are very applicable to human nature. They are not turning people away, they are bringing people into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because people, see, we are too used to them, so we don't see the other side. People who are used to doing things that are not applicable to the nature, when they see these Islamic rules, they see the beauty of it. Those women who have gone everywhere and knocked at every door, and finally when they come and see respect in this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are ready to put on the hijab on. They're willingly coming to the deen of Allah. In France, the largest number of people that are coming into Islam are women. And this is because they feel that this is where they get the right protection and the right respect. And it's very true feeling that we all can look into our hearts, that just look into your heart and see how much respect you have for your mother in there. Something that will be unbelievable for outsiders, not only outsiders, in our town, we have program every Friday evening. One of these Friday evenings, I was late. I mean, we got very late with the question and answers in the masjid. It was about midnight. So my, my mother, she was very worried because I wasn't even picking up the phone and we are sitting in the masjid, so I cannot even pick it up. So she came with one of my brothers. By the time I'm leaving the masjid, she's out there. One of the brothers from the masjid later on, he tells me, he says, I have never seen such a big man, grown up person, 
with all of the status and is so afraid. Because when he saw my expression, my mother is standing in front of me. Of course, with respect for my mother, there is fear that, oh, I upset my mother. And that Muslim brother could not believe that people would be afraid of their mothers like this. To them, to certain age, up to certain age, yes, you'll be afraid of your mother, she may shout at you. But after that, then, Billah is the reverse. You tell her whatever you want and she can't tell you nothing. So we see the respect for women in Islam. So all of these things are really very natural and applicable to human nature. And these things, if we keep them the way they are, they are bringing people into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will not drive people away from the deen of Allah. Deen is already beautiful. We cannot make it more beautiful than it is. We will just ruin it. So the other two people that became Muslims. It's a man and a woman. This man is all set to accept Islam. He comes with the final question. What do you think was his question? If you try your best to think about it, you won't be able to think it and get it right. His question was, according to Islam, is it forbidden to marry more than one woman? And normally when we are presenting Islam, we will be try to present in a way, you know, yeah, all the Islam allows in circumstances, this, this. And whoever was there, they told them very straightforward, no, it is allowed. Oh, he says, thanks God, because I have two girlfriends. I didn't know if I would accept Islam if I have to leave both of them. <laughs> and he accepted Islam, then he brought his, uh, his girlfriend to come and accept Islam. Is the thing that we think will drive people away is bringing them into the deen of Allah. Because it is true that in this society, hardly you would find a person who had relationship with only one person. You can't find it. Yes, in a society that is blamed to have polygamy allowed in their religion, hardly you would find a person who had relationship with more than one person. In a society that feels that they don't do anything like this, hardly you would find not a man only, a woman that had relationship with only one, with one person. So these things are bringing people into this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alhamdulillah. So since I remembered about these three people, it was very recent incidents, alhamdulillah, three people recently accepted Islam and was interesting things that really brought them to Islam, into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all we can say is the beauty of Islam that brought them into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I wanted to share this with everyone here. At this time, I just like to remind of one thing, that alhamdulillah as we learn, and we are learning in this conference, we are learning about da'wah. And at different times, we learn about many different things. But one thing for sure, we have to remember that all of this learning, regardless of what you learn about, whether you learn about da'wah, about aqidah, about fiqh, about uh, uh, salah, or you learn about trade and business, you learn about politics and Islam, Anything that you learn about, the main thing and the main purpose behind it is that we live according to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our life would be molded according to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For that, we have to take some steps in our life. At least we have to step. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, inshallah, we'll keep on going further and further. But at least we have to take the initial steps. 
And for this, what we would like to do is just suggest few simple things that we can start with, inshallah, make them part of our daily schedule. And inshallah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will see the rahmah of Allah. You will see the barakah in your life. And you will see the change. So at least we want to start with these. And that is, there has to be a time in our life every day when we recite some Quran. Don't spend, don't let a single day of your life go by without having in your record some Quran for that day. That on the day of Qiyamah, Rabbul Alameen, when he presents your deed, for every day there is some Quran over there. In addition to this, when we look at the hadith, you really get the feeling Rasulullah is telling us that how could you be a believer and you have not praised Allah and thanked Allah during this day? So there has to be a time when we have recited Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. We have glorified Allah and we have thanked Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Rasulullah in the last hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari suggested that we should recite this Subhanallah wa bihamdihi Subhanallah al-Azim that uh, he, in fact the, the, he says in the hadith kalimatani khafifatani ala al-lisan thaqilatani fil mizan habibatani ila rahman these two words are very light to be uttered you know they are not difficult to say they are very light anyone can say and they are very dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Habibatani ila rahman They are very loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it mean that they are very loved by Allah? Simply means when you say, that, when you say these words, Allah loves you. Habibatani ila rahman They are very dear to Allah. Allah loves these two words. And thaqilatani fil mizan On the day of judgment, they will be very heavy on the scale of the good deeds. So they will overweigh a lot of your sins. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam suggests that we recite subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah al-azim hundred times every day. And he says in a hadith, a person who would recite this hundred times every day on the day of Qiyamah, no one would be able to bring more good deeds for this day except a person who recited the same kalima more than you did. So this is what we want to do now. Some Quran every day. And this kalima, subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. It has two portions to it. Glorifying Allah and thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third thing we want to do is istighfar. We all know that we are sinners. We have committed a lot of sins and every day we do commit sins. Therefore, we want to spend little time seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Imagine. In this society, when you walk outside and accidentally you hit a person, right away you turn around and say, I'm sorry. This is a normal habit. And of course, this is a good habit to do this, that you hurt the person, you hit the person, say sorry to the person. How many times we disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we never say sorry a single time a day. Istighfar is saying sorry to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, I'm sorry. I disobeyed you a lot today. Astaghfirullah. Ya Allah, I disobeyed you. Astaghfirullah. So, this is what istighfar is all about. And here I will share a beautiful hadith. A beautiful hadith. Believe me, if there was a hadith that you can put a high price for it, I would never, never mention this hadith for free. The hadith says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
ست صحابة رضوان الله عليهم اجمعين that sometimes a person who have sinned a lot and he keeps on sinning continuously sinning every day and finally he realizes that after all I'm Allah's servant I need Allah to forgive me I want Allah to have mercy on me so he turns to Allah and he says Rabbi aznabtu faghfirli Ya Allah I have sinned so please forgive me Allah turns away from him he turns his rahmah away from him no not you This person really have disobeyed Allah a lot and he did all, a lot of wrong things. This person again keeps on insisting, Rabbi is enough to faqfirli. Ya Allah, I have sinned. Please forgive me. Allah turns his face away from him, his rahmah away from him. No, not you. Again he says, Ya Allah, I have sinned. Please forgive me. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the malaika, my servant doesn't want to ask anyone. He just wants to ask, ask, ask me for forgiveness. He's not worried about anyone else. He was worried about my forgiveness and he's worried about my pleasure. How for how long I will keep on rejecting my servant? Okay, you be witness. He says to the malaika, you be witness. I have forgiven all of his sins. So istighfar is very important that we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness every day. So here again, Recitation of Quran, anything. You don't have too much time, recite half a page. Recite only one page. It will take only two minutes. Say Subhanallah wa bihamdihi hundred times. Say Subhanallah wa alhamdulillah. Different forms of tasbihat. Use any one of them. And the third thing is istighfar, seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Fourth thing, sending blessings on Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How could a mu'min let a day pass by that he have not sent any blessings on Prophet ﷺ? Did Prophet ﷺ ever ignore us? Do you find a night in his life when he did not make dua for me and you? Sahaba Ridwanullahi in fact one day they could not hold it anymore and they asked Rasulullah ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, you remember those people of the ummah who would come later so much that it looks like you love them more than us? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, yes, those are my brothers. He's calling us. My brothers. So he said, yes, those are my brothers. Sahaba Ridwanullahi alayhi wa Rasulullah, Aren't we your brothers, ya Rasulullah? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, no, you are my companions and those are my brothers. This is how much love he had for the Ummah. He had always concern about us. A Sahabi asked, Ya Rasulullah, there will be a large number of those people that would come after you. How would you recognize them on the day of Qiyamah? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, because they will be making wudu, and by through making the wudu, their faces, their hands and their feet will be shining. So on the day of Qiyamah, I will go out and look for all of those people whose faces will be shining, whose feet will be shining, and that will tell me that this is my ummah, this is person from my, my followers, and I will bring them with me. So he never neglected us. How can we neglect Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So sending blessings on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at least hundred times every day. Recitation of some Quran and tasbihat, subhanallah walhamdulillah, 
you can add more to it. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, as much as you want. At least, subhanallah, walhamdulillah. Glorifying Allah, subhanallah. Alhamdulillah is thanking Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the difference between the two? Muhaddisin have said that subhanallah, walhamdulillah, is the complete ma'rifah of Allah, is a complete recognition of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to recognize and express the recognition of Allah in just two words, just say Subhanallah wa alhamdulillah. And this is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Subhanallah nasful mizan. Subhanallah will fill half of the scale of the good deeds. Subhanallah wa alhamdulillah tamla'ani ma bayna as-sama'i wal ard. And when you say Subhanallah wa alhamdulillah, you get so much reward unimaginable. You get so much reward that it fills all the space between the earth and the heaven. This is how much reward the person gets by saying subhanallah walhamdulillah once. Why? Because this is the complete ma'rifah. How do we know that this is the complete ma'rifah? Because we cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his attributes. And there are only two things that we would know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is what is he? What is Allah? So we will know things about him, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we thank Allah for whatever he is. We admire Allah for whatever he is, we say, Alhamdulillah, MashaAllah, my Rabb is Kabir, is Akbar, he's great, he's greatest. My Rabb is Halim, my Rabb is Kareem. So one is to know what he is, and we glorify Allah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and admire Allah for whatever he is. And other half of the recognition of Allah is to know what he is not. He's free of defaults. He's free of having a body like ours. So that is subhanallah. When you say subhanallah, it means we glorify Allah from any faults and defects that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have. So we say that he is free from all faults. This is subhanallah. And he is full of every good that is alhamdulillah. And this is the complete ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So subhanallah wa alhamdulillah. And then istighfar, and then sending blessings on Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have about 15 minutes or something so for Salatul Maghrib. We would like everyone inshallah to be seated on your place. And it is more important than all the lectures. More important than any talk that you can hear because this is your ibadah, this is your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we inshallah start reciting these tasbihat, starting with uh, subhanallah walhamdulillah and then going into the istighfar and then sending blessings on Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam using this time inshallah for this ibadah until the adhan of Maghrib inshallah and then after Maghrib we'll continue with the program. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.